And if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to the book of Romans in the New Testament, chapter 12. And we'll read from there in just a couple minutes' time. Once again, I want to welcome you. My name's Joe Crummy, one of the leaders here at the Meeting Place Church. And I'm going to be speaking this morning. And uh, we've been going through a series uh, the last couple of months, really on foundations of what it is to be a Christian and what it is to be part of a local church. And so we're going to continue with that. And I want to give uh, a big thank you. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since spoken, so lots of things to just review and to give thanks for. So thanks, everybody, for all your prayers for both myself as I was in England and able to share over there and Gary and Barb going to Vancouver. And uh, so we really appreciate we've been able to share those things at uh, more at our prayer meetings, some updates. And so both of those really fruitful times. So we thank you for your prayers and being able to help uh, different churches. Also, big thanks to... Um, Adam Langell, as he spoke a couple of weeks ago on communion, and which is another foundational thing in our Christian walk, and for Brent uh, Smith last week, sharing on really God as our Father, and a lot of the things that were shared you know, this morning fall right into God being, you know, he's the one who protects us, he's the one who's safe, and all about God disciplining us, and his love for us, and there's joy in his presence, and we want to thank Robin Lemon and others yesterday with the women's breakfast, heard great uh, things from there, so lots of things to be thankful for and to encourage and just to say it's great to be able to pray for those things each week and then to see those things really answers to prayer. So we want to thank you for that. Also just want to take note that uh, some other things coming up in church life and just to say for uh, this coming Sunday, a week from today, it's our annual general meeting. So we'll be meeting at our building, 487 Brundick Street, next Sunday night at 7.30 and we'll be going through really all the highlights and different reports from the past year. And uh, many of you who are on our email list, you would have received that this week, the annual report. If you didn't, or if you want a copy out at our front desk, uh, it's a great read. Honestly, it is a great uh, read, as going through it about 30 times to get all the editing done for it. Just really highlights all the different aspects of church life, um, our finances from last year, our budget for this year, so you understand how our money's used and where it's going and all those different things. So there's lots of things we'll be able to speak into, and then we'll pray into as well. So just take note of those things. Also, as uh, Anne already mentioned, our church weekend's coming up. We've got confirmed that um, Alan Rose is coming from England. And Alan, a great guy, just met with him two weeks ago and his wife, Susanna. Alan's been here a few times. He leads a church in York, England. And uh, he was here with um, Fatfish in the early days, the band, and uh, now he's leading a church. And uh, so we're really excited to have him coming. And again, can you just Make that our priority. I'm going to speak into it a little bit later, but brochures are out end of May, okay? Now's the time to get, make sure your schedule's clear. We can help you financially, okay? We want everybody there. I think we had pretty much everyone, as much as we could last year, about 200 uh, last year at it, at Green Hill Lake Camp. So again, make that a priority. And in the middle of April, so it's only a couple weeks away, we're hosting like about 40 different church leaders from Canada, from really around the world. We're going to do a Friday night, event at St. Thomas. We're going to be uh, meeting there and then here on Sunday morning, our prayer meeting that night. So again, if you can make that a priority, we'd love to have you there. And it's great to hear what God's doing different parts of the world to be part of a bigger vision and a bigger family of churches. So we'll highlight those things. All right, this morning, we're going to continue on. And as we've been talking about the last couple of months, about really the radical change that takes place when we become a Christian, what it means to be united to Jesus, what it means to be 
when Jesus had to be born again, and how we understand that now there's a different kingdom, there's the kingdom of God, that we're brought into a family, that we're brought into the family of God, and we've been looking at different aspects of that, the importance of the word of God. And Gary spoke a couple weeks ago, really explaining what we were all about this morning, about importance of worship and spiritual gifts and different things and God's presence and our, you know, what we're going to be doing both now and for eternity, the importance of all those things. And today we're going to continue and we're going to talk about really the um, great privilege and joy, not a burden, but a joy it is to be part of a local church and to participate in church life. So we're going to look at some different aspects of that and we're going to read from Romans chapter 3. And, or, pardon me, Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 3. And Paul's writing to the church there in Rome. And he gives some incredible uh, instructions to the church that we're going to take a look at. And then we're going to see how that applies in our day and in our time. So let's pick it up at verse 3. So this is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, For the, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned for as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function so we though many are one body in christ and individually members one of another having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith if service in our serving the one who teaches in his teaching the one who exhorts in his exhortation the one who contributes and generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. We'll continue. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. That's something you get to be in competition for. Okay? We say we're not much competition in church. This one, okay? Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful. In zeal, what a great word, eh? Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one for evil. Sorry, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for your written word. We thank you that it's alive and active. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that inspired different people through the ages to put it on paper. And we ask now you, Holy Spirit, the same spirit, would you come and be our teacher? Would you help us to understand your word and to apply it to our lives for the glory of Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen. All right. Well, lots of things to go through here, but really a foundational thing that might be obvious, but we have to state it again, is the importance of understanding that if you're a Christian, you're a member of the body of Christ. And so the Bible uses lots of different illustrations for the church. And as we've talked about the family of God, it's part of the kingdom of God. There's, we're citizens of heaven. There's all kinds of different terms that get used. But one of them is this, that Jesus, it's his body, and we see in all kinds of different scriptures, you can take a look at Ephesians 4 and Colossians 2 and various ones, it says that Jesus is the head of his church. And as we've been learning, to be a Christian, you are united with Christ, okay? You're in Christ, you're united 
with Christ. He puts his Holy Spirit in you. So you're connected to Jesus, and he's the head. So by extension of that, whether we like it or not, we are therefore, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are members of the same body. We're stuck with each other. Boston Bruin fans and all, okay? And we can look, and the first thing I'm going to start with, okay, and this is vital, so we have to say this right at the beginning, because everything else I'm going to say flows from this beginning point. Otherwise, to be honest with you, this is just, if if we don't start here, this is just a good motivational talk that I could give to any company or any sports team or anything else. And it could be good, okay? But we don't want a motivational talk. We want the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to put something within us, okay? If that's a prophetic word, Jesus is on the phone, let me know afterwards, okay? (laughs) Sometimes you just want to miss the obvious and sometimes you just got to state the obvious, okay? That's good, Jesus is speaking. All right, so let me say this. Otherwise, this is just a good... Okay, come to your company and talk about, hey, we're all on the same team and we've got to work hard together, which would be good. We could do that sporting team, anything else. But this is the key. Jesus is the head of his body. And as we've just read right here, we're one body, many members. Members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. The key thing for all that we're going to talk about is this, is that the Holy Spirit is the one who is a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. He lives within us. And the same Holy Spirit that's in me is in you if you're a Christian. And that unites us together. And that changes everything. Because we don't look at each other the same way the world does. So the world wants to put in different boxes and to label people and to really cause more division And so we can come up with all kinds of boxes. We can come up with white or black. We can come up French, English, male, female. We can come up with young, old, rich, poor, Montreal, Boston. We won't even mention Toronto. Um, All kinds of different things that would separate and everything else. And we have to understand, when we become a Christian, our identity is now number one. We're in Christ, and we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and the Holy Spirit lives in us, and the Holy Spirit connects us. And that changes everything everything. So all those secondary divisions become secondary. And so I have to look at you differently and you have to look at me differently. Okay? And we might all not be best friends, but we do have to love one another. And this is foundational for what we're going to take a look at. Because in our North American culture, it's very, very easy to just be an attendee and not a participant. So we're going to go after one of our cultural strongholds, okay, here in our own backyard. You can go to a different country, you can see things, and you say, why do they do things that way? You live in your own country, you can't even see what our blind spots are. Well, this is foundational. And the Bible says that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and then we go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need that because without this, we'll drive each other crazy, just to be really honest, okay? We're going to do it even with the help of the Holy Spirit, we drive each other crazy, let alone if we aren't being filled with the Holy Spirit. Just being brutally honest with you, okay? Because I've been in church life enough to know it's hard work. Okay? We paint the picture, we go in for the ideal, but in real life, 
Okay, we rub each other the wrong way most of the time, and it's hard. So if we're not being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we don't have the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, what I'm about to say, we probably aren't going to even attempt to do. And that's why it's safe just to meet one hour on Sunday and go our separate ways, because it's not as painful sometimes. So we need the Holy Spirit. We need the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts that are for the good of each other. So the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. You can read in 1 Corinthians 12, not for ourselves, but for the common good of everybody. So the Holy Spirit is the key factor in the next couple of points. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the fruit of the Spirit. He's making us more like Jesus. He gives us gifts for each other. Now the question is, then what are some of the things that are foundational in being participants? I'm going to use that word as members of one body. Here are some foundational things. And then we're going to look at how do we actually apply these things. Okay? First thing is this. Again, it sounds simple, but we're part of a body. Guess what? Every part of your physical body has a job to do. Okay? We might not even fully understand it, but you can read in 1 Corinthians 12, Okay, Paul understands messed up churches. Okay, he's writing to Corinth, which is quite messed up in many different ways and their morality and their practices and everything. And Paul's trying to bring order. And he said, hey, you're all part of one body. And so the ear can't say to the eye, hey, I don't need you. Because if we were all in ear, we couldn't see very much, could we? Okay, let alone if we were all the mouth and no ears. We need every part of the body. And Paul says, you know what? Some parts are more noticeable, and so they kind of get the spotlight. Other parts aren't noticeable, but if you didn't have them, okay, the spotlight would quickly fade because if we didn't have a whole bone structure, okay, we'd be in trouble. And he goes on through and he's saying, we need everybody. And this is what I'm saying. It's different from a motivational talk in corporate world or in team world, okay? Church is the most important team, the most important institution, whatever word you want to say on planet earth because it's god using his church to bring about his kingdom and so that's why it's so important and that's why the battle is so great and that's why churches divide and churches split and people get hurt everything because it's the biggest battlefield on planet earth and if you don't realize that you're going to be taken out because we've got an enemy that wants to rob kill and destroy so this is something we're fighting for, okay, because it's the biggest battle. You might not see it, not always flesh and blood, powers, principalities, all those things, but it is. And that's why we need to have teaching on it. And one of the key things is we need everybody on board. And that's why it's important to say, hey, I'm going to get connected to a local church. I'm going to put some roots down because if I'm going to serve, okay, there's some responsibility. There's privileges that come with it, but there's some responsibility that comes as well. And we need things like the big C word commitment okay we ask people to get involved to begin to serve in what ways first of all if you're a christian the holy spirit has given you at least one spiritual gift probably more that you're going to primarily operate in and we just read about a bunch of them it could be in serving it could be gifts of mercy it could be gifts of service it could be gifts of administration leading teaching wisdom tongues interpretation prophecy words of knowledge miracles, signs and wonders, all kinds of gifts that probably 
depending upon how you interpret different things, you're going to function in at least one or maybe two or three of those a lot of the time. They might all be available to you, I believe, if you have the Holy Spirit when you need them. So I might not function primarily in, say, a word of knowledge, but I believe God's given me a word of knowledge sometimes when I needed it. Although it's not probably my primary gifting, but I have the Holy Spirit. He can give me what I need at the time. And one of our things and responsibilities, and it's a tag team thing, if you're a Christian, it's your responsibility to help discover and develop what your spiritual gifts are. And you can only do that by being with other people. Because the gifts aren't for you, they're for others. And we always struggle with, how do I discover what my spiritual gifts are? You just get plugged in as we're going to give you some ways. And you begin to serve just where there's needs. And we're going to ask God, and you ask God, God, would you show me what these gifts are? And then you just begin to trial and error. So if there's someone sick, why don't you just lay hands on the sick and see if they get healed? And maybe you've got a gift of healing. You don't know unless you try. And because we have a foundation of grace, and we have a foundation of my identity isn't in my gifts, then if we fail or if we fall, we can get back up and we're not completely crushed or destroyed. Or if they succeed, our identity isn't in our success, so we don't get too big-headed because the gift is a gift of grace from God anyways. And we begin to develop them, and we begin to grow, and we begin to maybe train others. And you might say, I think I'm growing in this gift. And you might say, who else in the body of Christ in here I think has that gift? Then you might want to just go hang out with them and ask them lots of questions and see them as they use their gift. And you can learn from others. What a great thing. Hallelujah. And we as leaders are trying to recognize gifts so that we can say, hey, we think you have this gift. Why don't you serve in this area? And in your life groups and in different aspects of church life, you might begin to discover someone in your group saying, hey, man, you're really good at this. We need you over here. And then you figure out what you're passionate about and we try to line up what you're passionate about with your gifts. And most of the time, a need gets filled in the church. I wish it all worked like that. <laughs> That's what we're going for, but it's hard work. And we get there a lot of the time. And a lot of times you find out what your gift is, but you're serving an area you're not really passionate about. So it takes some time maybe to get from here to over here so we can find someone else to take your spot over here. But if we're always doing that, then hopefully you actually get to enjoy what you're serving in. Ideally. At least that's what we're going towards. Let me give you some examples, okay? So, out of doubt, we would say Kelly Curtis has a gift of mercy in our church. She has other gifts, okay? And she's using that gift. And I believe we found other people in our church that have some of those gifts and others around her that she needs for administration and different things. And we begin to build team and people can learn from Kelly if she does it. There's all kinds of examples. We have people with gifts of administration. They can help bring order and direction, gifts of leadership. We can go through them all. And we need all of them. And some I think we don't even really have, to be honest. Okay? So I'm praying for people with gifts of miracles. And gifts of giving. <laughs> and gifts of faith. <laughs> Actually, if all three of those were in one person, we'd really be, our, our budget might be taken care of. <laughs> right? So, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. So this morning I'm trying to wake us up again to the reality. Okay? Now here's the thing. I can't do it all for you. 
Okay? So I can't have 200 people come to me and say, Joe, can you help me figure out what my spiritual gift is? Okay? This is where we need each other. You have to take some research. and You have to look at Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, okay, on your own. You can look at Ephesians 4. You can begin to discover what are these gifts. I've got to maybe ask some questions. We can give you some reading. Then, in your circle, wherever you might be, you need to be praying to God. God, would you show me my gifts? I want to discover them. I want to develop them. Okay? And you might ask for our opinion. We'd say, hey, man, this is what we notice. A lot of times, the feedback you're going to get from others is going to help you because you might be blind to what you even are good at doing or what your gifts might be. And so you've got to ask people. And this is where we're going to get into life groups, and that's what's so important. You've got to be in a sphere of people so they can see you action who might be able to say, you've got a gift of encouragement. Man, I just feel so encouraged from around you, and I see what you do. You send an email to this person. You send a scripture to that person. That's so helpful. And I see you, how you came along somebody, and you just came and prayed for them. You've got a gift of encouragement. A gift of encouragement? I didn't you know. I, doesn't everybody do that? No, not everybody does that. <laughs> you've got a gift of encouragement. Okay? Administrators, we need you. Because what we need to do is we need to find gifts of administration that can help in kids' church, that can help at youth group, that can help with street level, that can help in finances, that can help in everything. Do you see how we need all kinds of gifts? Because you need those types of gifts working in every aspect of church life. You don't just need one administrator. We need tons of administrators. We need tons of people behind the scenes that have a gift of service. Okay, I think someone like Ben Wilkes, gift of service. He just served, He's like the energizer bunny, okay? Except for you don't see him going across the stage with the drums going because he's behind the scenes and he just does everything. And those people, man, are they ever invaluable. They're just like, um... I think we need this done, Ben. He's going to do it. And you're like, I'm not into cloning, but we could use a couple more of <laughs> you. But you'll never see him. Most of you don't even know who Ben Wilkes is when I'm talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Atta boy, Ben. He's blushing, so I better stop. <laughs> so my other point being, okay, most of you aren't going to lead worship on a Sunday morning. You're not going to speak on a Sunday morning. You're not going to be more in sort of prime time, okay? But God sees everything that you're doing, okay? And that's where we need working together. The Bible talks a lot about hospitality. I think there's a gift of hospitality, but we can all be learning how to be hospitable, okay? We need lots of different hosts for life groups, but even here on a Sunday morning, you talking to someone new, the whole thing about walking across the room, talking to someone new, that's being hospitable, okay? You're providing a place of safety, of comfort. Walls can come down, okay? That's all important, and we can all do those things. We're all part of a team, and we're interdependent. So again, we can't be independent. We can't be isolated. We need each other. It's cliche, but it's true. And again, we look at every aspect of church life. We're trying to build a team, and we're trying to get people connected because there's, I don't think, any really areas of service or aspects of church life and ministry that are solo. So you can go through every one. We need people working together. So that's, an, that's a mindset. You've got to understand that's the lens you need to be working from. If you're a Christian, okay, we're asking you to get connected. And my little asterisk every time is if the meeting place isn't the church for you, and by all means, I hope everyone gets plugged in, okay? We're part of the bigger body of Christ. We want to help you get plugged in somewhere else where you can serve, okay? So we don't just think we're it, okay? We're in good relationship other churches here in the city, we want to help. And sometimes we make some trades. 
okay? Because people have different values and different things, and some people fit in better over here, and we want to see them grow and flourish and serve, and vice versa, all right? The other thing is, the attitude is, it's love, okay? And the women learned about this yesterday. We're always talking about this. Brent talked about it last week, about our Father's love. That's why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because these things won't come naturally. And we get to demonstrate to one another. In the New Testament, there's over 100 verses that have the phrase one another. Like serve one another, help one another, prefer one another, honor one another. Over 100. And the attitude is this. We want to honor, value, bless, care, be humble about ourselves. That's the attitude in all the things in that action. So you can see the tension between attitude and action. You can have a great attitude but no action. You can have a lot of action with a bad attitude, and both aren't good. We need good attitude, and we need lots of action in the right way. These are foundational things. Before we get into even how that looks, these are foundational things. You've got to have a mindset. God, if I'm a Christian, has given me gifts to serve the body. That is fundamental. Okay? How do I serve? Sometimes I just got to get involved. I've got to find out where a need is. And sometimes I might start in something I don't even like. But as you go, as you start, God will open up doors. And sometimes you just got to get started. Okay? You've got to discover. You've got to pray. You've got to get feedback. All those things. And then the attitude is it's love. So Paul fills his letters, as we just read in Romans 12, all about loving one another, honoring one another, outdo one another in honor others. That's the attitude. And this is the foundation for grace. Because here's what we don't want. We don't want it to be a competition over who's going to be the best worship leader. We don't want a competition over who's going to become the next elder. We don't want envy when I've been serving in this role and God raises up someone else who might be better at it than me and I might need to step aside. We should rejoice in that, not try to pull the other person (laughs) down because we're trying to hold on to a role or a position. That's where these, this is where the rubber hits the road. And God has a way of revealing our heart when situations occur. And we have to stop and say, okay, I want to honor somebody. I want to value them. I don't want to curse them. I want to bless them. We have times, and every Sunday we have this, there are some here who are rejoicing. And we have some here every week who are weeping. And in caring, We can rejoice with those who rejoice and we can weep with those who weep. We can have a unity together because we don't see the things that divide us. We see the one thing that holds us all together, Jesus and his spirit together. And we're humble about ourselves. This is what I love about church life is we take what we do very seriously, but we don't always take ourselves that serious. We can laugh. So I love it when some of the worship teams are leading and it just goes bad, and we can all kind of laugh, and it's like, all right, let's start that one again. Because <laughs> we're not in performance mode. Okay? We want to do our best, so we're into excellence before God, but our identity isn't going to come crashing down if we mess up. You see the difference between the two? And so we can be humble. Okay? And Paul says that. Okay? Don't think more of yourself than you ought, because guess what? At the end of the day, God's the one who de- designates how much faith you're going to have, the grace that you have. The Holy Spirit's the one who determines what gifts you have. And we can rest and be satisfied in those things. Okay? Attitude is really important. 
Jesus was really concerned about attitude. A lot of people did a lot of great things. He said it doesn't make really any difference. And you can have a great attitude, okay? but we don't want you on the outside doing nothing. <laughs> we need you. We need to find out what your gifts are. We need to see how they fit in with others. Okay? There's lots of opportunity to serve. Those are the foundational things. The question is, how do these things get worked out in church life? And one of the fundamental ways we feel and what we believe here at this local church is through small groups, through what we call our life groups. They're not the only small groups, so just bear with me, but this is one of our primary ways. You know what? Today was great, excellent this morning, worship time, people contributing, all those different things, okay? But there's 200 plus here. Not everybody got to contribute. A lot of times, okay, you can be here on a Sunday morning. Hopefully, people are going to talk to you, but Okay, sometimes we don't get it right, and you might be here on a Sunday morning, no one talks to you, you come in, and you go out, and you've met no one. Those are just some of the realities of a larger group, that in order for you to really get connected and to find out some of these things, discover spiritual gifts, all that, what we found is, and it's biblical, is you've got to have some other groupings and other vehicles and other contexts in a small group where you can rub shoulders with other people and you can learn and apply some of these things. And so in our church, just a brief overview, we have what are called life groups, just really sharing our lives together. They meet, right now I think we have 11, so you can find out more on the table out front to get all the details. We have 11 groups that meet either on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, for about an hour, hour and a half-ish, between 8, 15 people-ish. We're a little bit flexible on all those things. South side, north side, mostly in people's homes, to be able to come together, to be able to share lives, and to be able to take the things we're learning and try to apply them to our lives. Okay, and we just follow a really simple format, but it's exciting because it can change and there's lots of flexibility in it. We just have a welcome time. That's that hospitality time, coffee, dessert, time just to be able to meet that we don't always have time here on Sunday. Hey, you've got time to be able to worship God together, to be able to go over the word of God and apply it to our lives, to be able to think about others outside of church life. And we have coordinators who oversee, there's a leader and usually an assistant, and we have coordinators who oversee two or three groups that attend them, and we do training, all those things, and the elders work with those coordinators. So it's a great tool for pastoral care, for discipleship, for reaching out, all those different things. Not the end-all, be-all, but it's one key sort of foundational thing. And here are some of the key things in it. Is we want to demonstrate in our life groups really a love for God. So you get to worship God. It doesn't look the same as it does... On Sunday, okay, a lot of our groups don't even have anyone who plays an instrument. Sometimes it's through CDs. Sometimes it's just reading the Bible out. Okay, so we're not trying to duplicate Sunday morning, but it's a different aspect of worshiping God. And a lot of times, that's where you find out, and that's where you get to practice and discover spiritual gifts. So here on a Sunday morning, okay, it might be hard to speak out. You're not even quite sure. I don't know if this is from God or not. With eight other people, you can take that risk. You can say, guys, you know what? I've been praying, asking God to speak to me. I've got a picture. I don't know if it's from God or not, but this is a safe place where I can share it. And somebody else might say, wow, that really spoke to me. Ding! You're learning. Yay! Not that complicated. You're just providing the context for some of these things to be applied. And even within your small group, your life group, you're going to find people with different gifts. And you can help discover them. You can develop them. You can take a night and just give some feedback. What are you 
What do other people see that maybe is a gift in me? Hey, maybe they don't know you well enough yet. Well, let's explore it even more. Okay, the word of God is key as well. We get to apply. So here on Sunday mornings, in our life groups, we're taking what we're learning, and we get a context where we get to discuss it, wrestle with it. How does this apply to my life? So this week, you're going to have lots to talk about, aren't you? Okay. Not just here on Sunday. Hopefully hear a good message, and then you never think about it again. Now you've got to wrestle with it. Now you're accountable to say, okay, I've heard this. Now how do I apply this to my life? Because that's really loving God, isn't it? Jesus said, don't just hear my words. Do them. Okay? You're blessed not only if you hear them, but actually if you put them into practice. And we want to build that strong house on the word of God. Spiritual gifts we've talked about, application. We want to apply, apply, apply. That's a key part. We learn how to love one another. We learn how to care for each other, how to pray for each other, how to help, how to encourage, how to be hospitable. And these are the vehicles, really, for church life. That when we started out as a church, guess what? Our church on Sunday morning, that was our small group. Okay, When you're 20 to 30 people, our Sunday mornings look like our life groups. Okay, We had worship. We had welcome, and we could hang out, and sometimes our coffee time went like for half an hour. Some of you I know would like that, but we do it at the end now. Because some of you get rambling, and then we can't get you back. All right? But things change. You get 50 people, you couldn't do the way things you did when you're 20. You get to 100, you couldn't do the things the way they were when you're 50. You get to 150, you couldn't do them as 100, 200. However, you find a different context for a lot of the things. And we still try to, there's different things, as you heard saw this morning but that small group that life group is really the context for you to care one another that's how you get to know each other okay sometimes you're like there's a good part to that and there's a bad part to that because we have to be a bit vulnerable and sometimes it gets a bit messy and we have to deal with those things but here's the thing i would rather deal with all the problems that come with having small groups as kevin pointed out a couple years ago than deal with all the problems of trying to disciple people without small groups. That's a fundamental thing. So yeah, some people don't get along. they got to go to a different group. We can deal with that. Okay? Yeah, and sometimes they're boring some nights. We can deal with that. And sometimes people don't come. We can deal with that. We can deal with those things. Because here's where we're going. Okay? We're trying to love God in these groups, and we're trying to help and serve one another. We get to help one another. So in church life, guess what? Baby showers and wedding showers and all those things that used to be the whole church could do them, guess what? Now they're all done through the life groups because we couldn't do it. Okay, We don't have enough people to administrate those things. But in a small group, you can do that. In Facebook, we can use as a tool to help us with those things. Okay? You come on a Sunday morning. A lot of times before, you get prayer at the end of the meeting. We can't pray for 250 people now at the end of a meeting. We do it once in a while as the Spirit leads us, but in your life groups, you can pray for each other. You can share more. You actually have more time. You can care for each other. And folks, I have to laugh because I get to hear, through the coordinator, I get to hear all the things the life groups are doing. And I laugh sometimes when people say, oh, there's not much going on in church anymore. It's kind of boring. I don't really see anything happening. I'm just like, like, come with me for a day. You're not going to hear about them because there's 11 groups that are mobile and functional and who are doing all kinds of stuff that other groups don't know about. 
and I get to hear about, and I don't even hear about all the things. And it's kind of like your left hand doesn't know what your right hand's doing. You can't keep track of them all. You can't keep track of all the good deeds, all the meals that are being made for people who have new babies, other people don't even know about, all the money that people are giving, all the prayer that goes in. Okay, so we're rejoicing with Graham, getting a job. His life group, pray, 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 pray. Isn't that right? Bicknells. For job, get to rejoice. Okay, that's the everyday life of praying for things, crying with one another, helping one another. Some frustrations, we've got to help people walk through. That's the real life. I'm not going to say real action for everyone who makes fun of me when I say that. <laughs> that's the real life issues. All right, the other thing you get to do, you get to love, you learn to love God, you learn how to love one another, and you get to learn to love together people who are outside of your group. And that's, there's no limit on that. You get to help your neighbors, you get to help your family, you get to help friends, all kinds of different ways. So life groups are a great way to help reach out, and maybe for the first time people get to be connected to church life, connected to a Christian church, because your group gets to serve. And it's much easier to organize eight people schedules, 15 people schedules, than 200 plus, 250 schedules to say, you know what, my neighbor next door, you know what, broke her arm, can we make some meals together? Well, Sally sent that out on an email to all 200 of us. There'd be very few that would respond. We've done it before. It's the bystander effect. Someone else will do it. Okay, Nancy Hawkins is a better cook than me. Nancy will do it. But in your small group, it's like, no, this is my neighbor. You guys know him. You met them last year when we had our barbecue in the backyard. We can help. You follow that? You can pray for your neighbor. You can pray for your friends. You can do things to help them. You can go and have different events. Because life group is more than just one night a week. It's life. So you can take your group and you can do something on a Saturday afternoon. So we joined Adam and Joanna yesterday skating. Yesterday afternoon. He invited different ones from his life group. You can do all kinds of things. The sky is the limit. You can do events. You can have fun. You can pray for people. It's mobile, and they multiply. So you can keep doing it. You're not limited. And sometimes it's painful to multiply, okay? I've been in many groups where we're having a great time. It grows to like 20 people, and it's like, man, this is so good. I don't want to leave. That's the way it should be. And yet, if we never multiplied, those of you who have come in and entered a group, those groups wouldn't have been there for you to get connected to so we want to be mobile we see leaders raised up all those different things that's the beauty of the smaller connection that we need to put into practice okay and the last thing okay those are the main things i want to connect on just to say we're connected to large groups as well so we need both right and so the danger is we're just one large group and then there's nothing during the week another danger i feel as many churches go, house church, small groups, but they never meet together as a larger group. And we need both. We need times together, as we did this morning. We get to worship together, the manifest presence of God. There's a different dynamic than in our small groups. We get to hear the word of God preached. We can bring all our family, singles, everyone together. We can pray together like we will tonight. We can be a witness and a presence just by us corporately meeting together. So large groups are important as well. And there's different contexts, different ones. As you saw yesterday with the women's breakfast, there's other things. So we have a specific meeting for youth. But same goals, and even within our youth, there's small groups. In our kids' church, there's small groups in our kids' church. Okay, you see how all those things are connected together. We have training events. 
as with our church weekend coming up, we get to be together, get to receive great teaching, times with God, fun and laughter, being together. Those are important things for us to have together. We join with other churches for different things. So again, we're not even just our isolated church. We join with other churches for different things. Okay, and just don't want to close with this because our time's gone. Okay, one aspect of really sort of, in a sense, being a member of this local church, the meeting place, is not the only thing, but these are two big things. We just want your participation. We feel God's put you here, both in large group. We want you here on Sunday mornings. We want you at our prayer meetings, at different things. Okay, and we want you in the small groups as well. Okay, so if you can be to a life group on those nights, we ask you, could you please make it a priority? Okay, we're not going to force you. Okay, and I know sometimes all the different things you've got to do, but I'm just saying it's an important part of our church life. Sometimes you can't make it on an evening, so just to say as a little aside, some of you work evenings, you know, child care, all of that. We have other groups that meet, just three or four people that maybe meet for breakfast or anything. We call them fit groups. Okay, if you can't be to a life group, then we'll help you in different ways. All right? The principle is we want you connected with a smaller group. And we ask for you to serve. And thankfully, at our church, we have a high rate of people who serve. Okay? So we are not the 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Hallelujah. We're much the opposite. And if you go through all the different things, man, we go through a list of everyone in our church. There's hardly one person who is involved in something. Okay? So we want to thank you for that. But for new people coming in, it's good to hear again. Just that, to be honest, and we'll give you time by all means, okay? So it's not we want to get to know you and you get to know us and everything. But somewhere along the way, okay, we're going to ask you to serve. Okay, we're going to ask you to get involved. We're going to ask you to find out your gifts. We're going to ask you to find out, you know what, sometimes you just got to start where the need is. And sometimes we all got to chip in whether it's our gifting or not. Okay? So we have like 75 kids, babies just to grade five. Okay? You might not feel called. You might not feel gifted. We need your help. And at times, you just got to put your hand to the plow and you pray like crazy for God to raise up other people who are gifted and who have great <laughs> things. And we'll have more people at prayer meeting than ever before praying for other people for God to raise up so I don't have to do what I'm doing. We'll take that as motivation, okay? Sometimes there's a need and for a season, we ask for you to fill a need. And when the church is smaller, guess what? We all wore a lot of hats. And sometimes, as church grows, God does provide other people. But sometimes, you know what? A good spot is just to say, you know what? I just want to get involved. Where's the need? And you get stuck in, and God will get you rearranged from where you started over here, and someone else will take your spot. But if you never got started, you'd never know. So, we totally believe if you're connected to Jesus, then he's got a job for you. Okay, It goes beyond just, I'm talking a lot more sort of in our church culture life. Obviously, okay, you can be serving every day of the week in your family, at your vocation, all those things. So I'm not just limited serving to our meetings and different things, okay? It goes beyond that. But to key in for our church family, some of the key things are large group things, small group things, and we need you. Okay, and we're going to try our best to facilitate things so that it's a joy, and that things are done well. But we need you to be go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. That you've got a good attitude. That then from that, 
You want to be ready for action. And you can do the bit that you can do. And some of you are maxed out and you can only do a little bit. We understand. We're not comparing people. It goes back to that first verse. As the grace has been apportioned to you in your season of life, we honor and value you. And so, Father, this morning, we thank you again for Jesus. We thank you for taking us out of the kingdom of darkness. And as you said, once we weren't a people, once we weren't anything, we were apart, far from you, that when you save us, you bring us into your family. We thank you for that. We thank you that you bring us into a new kingdom. We have a new citizenship. And God, we just pray, would you help us to see who we really are in you? And we thank you for your Holy Spirit who binds us together. And we want to see your church as a body healthy and functioning and mobile and active. God, we want to see your church being salt and light, being that city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And we ask for your help, Holy Spirit, for every person here. Would you help us as we're filled with you to have a good attitude? God, to prefer others, to have the fruit of the Spirit. Would you help us to discover what gifts you've given to us that we can develop them to be a blessing to others? And God, would you help us, Lord, to continue to grow? Lord, would you save and add daily, Lord, to this church so that we can see disciples being made? Lord, would you send us out to the nations, God, and we can multiply these principles from your, these patterns from your word. We pray for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.